new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm your host, Jordan Hill. Got the whole crew with us on this Tuesday afternoon, Kip Adams, Benjamin Wolk. To break down what has been a busy few days, not only for the Georgia Bulldogs, but for all of college football. Transfer portal opened on Monday, and man, were the numbers off the charts with the number of names, number of guys who have decided they're going to go in the portal, see uh, what they can do and if they need to find uh, a new home at the collegiate level. Um, it's going to be the start of several busy weeks for the Bulldogs and really everyone else in college football. Uh, let's start there, guys. Before we look at Georgia specifically, I want to talk about college football on the whole with the transfer portal. I'll start with you, Ben. What, what did you make of Monday? Uh, all the things we saw, all the pretty surprising names we saw go in the portal. Uh, what did you make of the first day of the portal window as a whole? Well, Georgia excluded because I don't think there were any major surprises necessarily in the Georgia sphere per se. Obviously, I'm sure we'll get to Brock Vandergriff, which was the most notable of them. But to me, we all knew this day was coming. We've been saying December 4th for months now as a day. And obviously, I know last week there were some tri- there was some trickling in of names that were going to enter the portal, names officially entering the portal yesterday. And I think what stood out to me was Kyle McCord and Dylan Gabriel hitting the portal before 9 a.m. And I'm sure if you're in those spaces all the time, it might not have been that surprising, but on the outside looking in of the Ohio state and of the Oklahoma worlds, seeing two starting quarterbacks of teams that just finished top 12 in college football, being in the portal at the you know very beginning of the day was very surprising to me. It made me sort of take a step back and say, are we about to experience some surprises in the Georgia world that I wasn't necessarily anticipating? That hasn't happened yet. I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen, but it made me definitely say, all right, is this transfer portal year maybe even crazier than I thought it was going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of put everybody on high alert. And, you know, not only Kyle McCord, but Julian Fleming, a receiver for the Buckeyes yeah. with him too. Uh, I know, like you said, and it was super early, you know, I kind of had the approach Monday of like treating it sort of like a signing day where you get up early and you're just kind of watching Twitter. You've got notifications on for like 40 different people. And, you know, luckily for Georgia, you know, to this point, there haven't been any huge surprises, but you were kind of looking around like, you know, it feels like anything can happen. Uh, Kip, what did you make of the start of the portal uh, window and uh, what happened really across the country? Just starting off with, you know, Dylan Gabriel and Kyle McCord, like I kind of looked at it initially of, huh, but then maybe these schools basically gave them, uh, you know, a hint that 
they were ready to go with their young guys. You know, Devin Brown at Ohio State, Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma. I think it's a situation where I think they, they were ready to kind of turn the page to the to their next guy. So I just think it's fascinating. You know, they they basically got a season two audition for next year and and maybe both programs said, okay, well, good luck to you. So I, I think that's kind of that situation where, you know, even high profile players, maybe not everyone's going in the transfer portal because they want to. I think it's a situation where, sure, you want to go find a, the best situation for you, but sometimes these guys get a little bit of a nudge, uh, letting them know, you know, for their benefit, uh, you come back here, uh, there's going to be a competition this spring. And, you know, we kind of like what we've seen on film from from the next guy. So those are talented uh, quarterbacks, but just, my goodness, the amount of quarterbacks, you know, Cam Ward, Dante Moore, um, you know, guys like Riley Leonard, uh, Will Howard as well. Uh, there are no shortage of, of quarterbacks that have production potential uh I mean, if you need a quarterback, this is definitely the year and try to grab one as well as wide receiver, which I think definitely works out for Georgia. I mean, there was no shortage of wide receivers. I mean, you mentioned uh, Fleming also, you know, Antoine Wells from South Carolina, London Humphreys. I think uh, half of Vanderbilt's team is in the portal right now. So uh, shout out to my guy, Barton Simmons there. I'm sure he is not sleeping right now trying to Think about how many, uh, you know, of their roster that they need. They're basically an expansion team right now, um, which I guess if you're Vanderbilt, it's it's not really anything new. But definitely, I guess, you know, they had a, a, a lot more uh, production and, and talent than, than maybe we thought because it seems like they just have a, a lot of uh, pretty solid players that are going to be going to, to other places. And so I just think, uh, obviously, people were tweeting out the numbers. I think last year, the first day, it was like, 770 and they went like a uh, players entering the portal on the first day and i think they went like 1100 or over 1100 fps players in the portal so uh just you know uh it's kind of overwhelming to look at it's a lot for you know even us to kind of take in uh, and take stock initially but i think you know right now we're looking at it it's only been one day and so if you need players, uh, if you're looking for spe specific players, I think we, we have to acknowledge that there's going to be a lot more guys going in the portal. And I think this is just part of uh, what college football is right now. But I think uh, teams right now are just kind of taking stock and, and getting in contact. And this is a whole other part of recruiting because these guys are able to take official visits. So they're going to be visiting schools, and that's a whole other recruitment uh, for us to cover. So uh, – if you're trying to reload at certain positions, uh, now is the time to do it. You mentioned Vanderbilt, also Will Shepard, really good receiver going in. And I want to make sure if anyone missed this, there was a, a Twitter thread of someone that was grading Vanderbilt's like goodbye graphics from their players. It was outstanding. It was the best part of Monday with the transfer portal opening. And also, guys, you know, with all these quarterbacks that are in the portal. I'm just thinking and imagining how many different fan bases are going to talk themselves into being national title contenders. Yeah. You know, oh, if we get, if we get Riley Leonard, worse, if we get, there is going to be a whole lot of fan bases that talk themselves into 12 and 0 because of how many different quarterbacks are out there for the getting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Grayson McCall uh, leading a program to the promised land next year or, you know, uh, I mean, 
at at this point. I mean, it 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 could be anyone. There's no point in uh, you know, this is the off season. This is where everyone has hope. Uh, you know, wherever AJ Swan lands, my guy from uh, Cherokee High School. Shout out to a, another Vanderbilt a guy going out there and 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 getting an opportunity to to land and potentially a better situation. Like I said, uh, there's just every one of these quarterbacks uh, brings that, you know, that new promise and, and hopefully uh, a couple high school quarterbacks get an op- an actual opportunity to play next year in college. But I think that that's the biggest change that we've seen. I think, uh, you know, quarterbacks coming out of high school might have to change their mindset regardless of their ranking that I mean, you're probably not going to be playing your first year of college football, which, uh, you know, it's a huge adjustment, and we've seen obviously at Georgia that you know it's not it's not the easiest thing to go from getting all the snaps to getting the scout team snaps. Jordan, you uh, you brought something up there that actually stood out to me about the quarterbacks and just how many are out there right now. And I'm curious, and this maybe ties into a little bit of another conversation that we're going to have. But I'm curious if from you, like with Brock transferring, and with Carson's NFL draft decision still up in the air. I mean, if he does go do you think georgia pursues the transfer space and if they do do you think it's one of these guys whose name is out there right now or do you think it's potentially another name it's gonna be tough but i do think if carson were to leave that they're gonna go look in the portal because you know with brock vandergriff someone asked on youtube i'm sorry i didn't see uh, who the what the username was about you know hey with brock going in the portal does that mean carson's staying and, you know, that was sort of my takeaway when it happened was like, OK, this is a good sign for Georgia uh, that Carson Beck is probably going to come back. You know, nothing has been solidified. You know, our own Matt Zenitz reported that there was growing optimism that he would come back in 2024. But growing optimism doesn't guarantee that's the case. So it's going to be a really fascinating situation. You know, technically, Brock could still come back to Georgia. You know, he could pull his name out of the portal and return. But. Every indication I've gotten is I don't see that happening. And I can't really blame Brock because, you know, he can look at other situations and essentially guarantee that he'll be a starter wherever he lands. And you can't really promise him that. I don't believe at Georgia uh, where you'll still have Gunnar Stockton, you'll have two freshmen coming in. So, yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating. The dominoes that are going to fall into place if Carson Beck decides he's going to go pro. And, you know, I I do think that Georgia will go look in the portal. There's not a name that really just jumps out of like, this would be the guy. And, you know, it's probably something I need to sit down and study the names that are in there. Um, But I think with what you would lose and, you know, I guess if Carson were to leave, you know, the the favorite to start would probably be sophomore Gunnar Stockton, who hasn't really gotten any playing time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think Georgia would look in the portal. It would be something that, it's going to keep all of us up late at night as far as trying to follow if that were to happen. Uh, Kip, what do you think? I mean, don't you think that uh, that would probably be the route that Georgia takes? Georgia would not go into uh, spring or uh, definitely summer football without a quarterback uh, with experience on the roster. I mean, we, we don't know if that's going to be someone, again, uh coming up from the FCS ranks, a walk-on, they will have someone with college experience and probably FBS experience, um, you know, helping them and and practicing with this team. They're not going to go into the season, uh, you know, with just a a brand new starter when you're going, you know, when you know you're opening the season against Clemson, 
Uh, you know, you're you're playing road games, but, you know, at Texas, at Alabama, I don't think they're going to ask someone who hasn't taken any, you know, snaps or or has not started, uh, you know, a, a football game to to come in and play that kind of schedule because. Uh, this team is going to go into next season with the same, you know, expectations of themselves, the same goals uh, as they've had the last three years. And that's to get back to the college football playoff. And, you know, even though Gunnar Stockton, the incoming freshman, you know, their talent off the charts, uh, it's just that's not how Kirby Smart's going to allow his roster to be built. He's not going to, you know, put them in that situation to where, uh, you know, if these guys, aren't ready uh they, they don't have anybody who can step in and, and play the level of football that they need to be played ben any names that just really jump out to you if this is the route that georgia has to take well i think it's i do think it's hypothetical and i'm sure we'll get into that too but i'm sure there's differences of opinions i guess on where what people think might happen with carson but um i don't think it's a conversation Georgia's going to have to have but if they do have to have it i mean I'm intrigued by a lot of the names. I'll say that. And I wonder if any of these names understood that Georgia was an opening because right now it's has not been perceived in the quarterback market as a place that there's an opening. If it's perceived that there's an opening, I would have to imagine every single one of these quarterbacks would take a call from Georgia given you can pretty much plug and play. I mean, if Carson in this scenario, if Carson's going, he was a one and done, you know, was able to be in the program, learn the system, play one year and be gone. Like, I think that, you know, that's a very appealing offer for a lot of people. We're going to follow it for sure. And let everybody know the latest we hear on Carson, uh, because again, huge domino that would fall if he decides he is going to go pro uh, guys. Let's talk about the guys from Georgia that did go in the portal on Monday, six guys, Quarterback Brock Vandergriff, who we talked about a little bit. Wide receiver Jackson Meeks. Offensive lineman Austin Blasky. Defensive lineman Jonathan Jefferson. Outside linebacker Darius Smith, who was someone we knew last week was intending to go in the portal. And fellow outside linebacker C.J. Madden. We sort of already hit on this. No real big surprises. The biggest name is Brock Vandergriff, given that if Carson Beck were to go pro, uh, that Brock would have been the favorite to win that job. I'll start with you, Kip. What did you make of the this group of six who decided to go in the portal and uh, what you know that could mean for Georgia losing these guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's tough to, to earn snaps at Georgia. I think just the, the quality of play that they have at every position uh, demands that, you, you know, you have to push yourself and develop week in and week out in practice. And I think – you know, even with a, we talked about a guy like Darius Smith who had, you know, a lot of talent, but again, couldn't crack that rotation, made a play here or there. Um, CJ Madden, also a, a guy that, uh, you know, got banged up a little bit. Um, I think it's just a situation where if you don't get in, in, in there the first two years, uh, the clock starts ticking a little bit, especially with guys that are, you know, don't have the, the super senior year anymore. Anyone that came in after, you know, 2020 the 2021 class and on uh, they are on the regular clock they have five years to play for and i think uh you know when i look at the list the, the one that kind of stands out would, would be austin blasky just because he was a guy that we talked about potentially being the backup you know at all five positions coming into the season but again got banged up and then a guy like monroe freeling you know passes him on the depth chart it's not a guy you're going to be able to get reps back from just because of the upside, just because that guy came in as a true freshman and is already, 
looks like he has the potential to be that kind of that next big offensive tackle for Georgia that they've had, you know, seemingly one every year, uh, a guy that just has NFL future written all over him. And, and so that's a guy where I think Georgia would want to have him back. And if he wanted to come back, they would welcome him back, but he's going to look for other situations and, and, and going to see if there's an opportunity out there, which there probably will be for him to have an, a, you know, an easier path to playing time than what he has at Georgia, even though uh, he's a valuable depth guy, like I said, across the board for Georgia. And even, I mean, could be potentially a guy that would would be in the mix for the starting center position. You know, with Cedric Van Pran going to the NFL, but you know he doesn't know that, and so he's probably going to look for a spot where he feels comfortable going into the spring that he's going to get reps with the starting five offensive linemen at you know any number of positions. Ben, what were your thoughts on this group that went in the portal? Again, I, I don't think any names that made you say, wow, I can't believe they entered the portal. I mean, we obviously had this conversation on Sunday night in terms of what we'd heard was going to happen or expectations of what we thought might happen. And everybody that, that was on that list has left at this point. Um, I think the most fascinating one is Brock because he's the quarterback position. We still don't know what's going to be happening with Carson Beck. There's a very high probability that you know Brock's going and being a starting quarterback somewhere with a chance to – you know, make a push for a playoff spot next year, probably just depending on where it is that he ends up. And so if he can have a successful year, it'll be really fascinating to watch from afar. He's someone that I'm sure a lot of Georgia fans are bummed just because I know we live in sort of the old college football world where you get these personal attachments to these guys. And especially someone like Brock that stayed long enough to graduate from the university of Georgia. Like you get excited for the possibility of getting them to see, see them play for Georgia. It's obviously not going to happen at this point, barring, you know, complete surprising changes of him exiting the portal and coming back to Georgia. Um, you know, so I think that's the most notable of them. I think Kip called it out with Austin Blasky. I was a little surprised when he ran at senior day. I, I He wasn't someone at that point in time that was necessarily on my radar as transfer risk necessarily because there had been so much talk about him as a potential center option, as a potential tackle option. There, I would assume there's going to be a tackle, tackle opening next year, though he probably sees the writing on the wall that he's not the leader in the clubhouse to get that spot. And it seems like Jared Wilson's probably in the club, you know, leading the, the center position going forward. So it makes sense for why he would enter it. It just was one that surprised me a little bit when he ran at senior day. Not that senior day is the end-all be-all, but I thought it was pretty telling for someone like Austin Blasky that he was going out there having that moment at Sanford. It probably was a pretty good indicator. I think, you know, I'll be interested to see probably what other names are added. I don't think that we, I don't think any of us, I could be wrong, but I don't think any of us think that uh, this is done by any means. I think people just have different trickle out uh, preferences in terms of when they start releasing this type of news. So stay locked in dogs 24 seven, because there will be a lot more to it. Also, I want to add that uh, I'm not surprised at all that, that Brock is leaving because if Carson Beck comes back, you look at Carson Beck He's coming back because he wants a second year, obviously unfinished business, but the NFL draft wants you to be a multi-year starter. And that's what we said all along with Carson, that that would be held against him if he went this year. We think, you know, right now we would lean towards him coming back. If you're Brock Vandergriff, like I said, he's got two years of eligibility left. So if he has that dream of trying to get to the NFL, which I'm sure he still does, 
that clock is ticking for him. He's got exactly two years to put up film to give himself a chance to have any sort of, you know, again, future, whether it's NFL draft, whether it's camp, he needs to put out film out there. And again, if Carson Beck comes back, this isn't the year, you know, you're not going to see a lot of DJ Shockley type situations where a guy just is a one-year starter and, you know, goes on and, and has that kind of opportunity. Honestly, it was rare for Carson Beck to come back, you know, last season knowing that Stetson Bennett was going to be the starter. And so you have to look at that situation where that is going to be how it is for quarterbacks right now is um, that third year that you're in a college program. That's kind of that make or break year where you got to know, you know, am I going to be able to be a multi-year starter at this program? And moving forward, you know, colleges are going to be signing multiple quarterbacks, just like Georgia is in this class, just because you know that, guys are going to be leaving at the quarterback position every single year. I also think in the Georgia world, at least more often than not, when guys are leaving, it, it does make sense. Like I know that people get all hot and bothered about the transfer portal. And I understand that. And there are exceptions. I'm sure that will be the ones that people end up pointing out to when I make this comment. But I think more often than not guys that are leaving is like, okay, yeah, they probably weren't going to see the opportunity that they felt like they needed. Kirby, I think alluded to this in his orange bowl press conference if I'm not mistaken saying like some guys are going to be leaving and it, it's in their best interest like it makes the most sense for them like there are definitely situations where this transfer portal is for the good and I think Brock Vandergris was a great example getting to go be a two-year starter somewhere I think Austin Blasky getting an opportunity to probably go be a feature offensive lineman for a pretty good football team I would think um, and I think that you know some of the other guys that we haven't mentioned either like CJ Madden is a guy that physically looks really good like if you if he ends up at a program that is a competitive football program next year, it's really not going to be that surprising. It's just, you know, speaks to how impressive Georgia's roster is top to bottom. Did want to mention too, just on that note, Jackson Meeks got a ton of praise during the summer. I remember Kirby Smart calling him out for how well he had practiced. So that's another guy that's probably going to get an opportunity. Uh, as you mentioned, Ben, uh, we don't think it's done quite yet. I'll just throw out three positions that I'm watching where I think there will be additional departures wide receiver offensive line inside linebacker going to be watching those very very closely in the days to come uh, we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the portal what we think georgia may do as far as going into the portal and also talk some recruiting and a little bit more orange bowl talk hello everyone it's michael richards here you might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search the rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 
So, guys, before the break, we talked about the real possibility that Georgia could go in and look at a quarterback if Carson Beck decides to go pro. But I'll start with you, Ben. What are the other positions that you think Georgia is really going to utilize the portal for positions they may decide uh, that they want to add some players before the 2024 season? Well, the obvious position, I would say, is the position group that they did this last cycle, and that's wide receiver. I, I think that there's going to be some turn at wide receiver. We've already seen Jackson Meeks enter the portal. You know, I think some of the other pass catchers might be caught up in NFL draft decisions as well. So I think that, you know, that's a position that Georgia is probably going to continue to recruit year after year in the portal, I would think. I think it's a very smart, strategic play for Georgia to do um, I, one name we've already mentioned London Humphreys wide receiver from Vanderbilt. I think, you know, there's, he's probably going to be on a visit this weekend. I haven't been able to confirm that yet. So I don't want to, I hate that. I even just said that, but um, you know, he's a guy that obviously had success against Georgia this season, freakish athleticism. Georgia's going to be looking for speed, speed, speed at the wide receiver position. And he absolutely fits that. We'll try and keep you to, I don't think that that if Georgia were to take, London Humphreys, I don't think that would be the only wide receiver that Georgia would take in the portal. Most likely, you know, I think there will still be names that come out that enter the transfer portal at the receiver position that we haven't seen yet that are likely to be options for Georgia. So I don't think Georgia's looking at the only pool that it's working off of with receivers right now. Aside from the receiver position, I mean, defensive interior defensive line, just from where Georgia struggled this season compared to the previous two seasons, I'm sure that's a spot that Georgia's saying. We'd love to upgrade there. I think I already saw in the comments section, Walter Nolan's name was mentioned. If I'm not mistaken, he's not officially entered the portal yet. I could be wrong, but I think there were reports that he was planning to enter the portal. I don't believe he's officially in the portal yet. But that said, Walter Nolan's obviously a name that's going to be a super competitive recruitment nationally if he does enter the portal. There are other interior defensive linemen that I think Georgia really, really likes. And if they entered the portal, it could get interesting as well. So those are the two position groups that I would look at where I think Georgia probably feels it needs to bolster its roster heading into 2024. But I think that anytime there's a good player that Georgia really likes at a position that they feel like they could you know, beef up a little bit, they'll probably take a look. I don't remember who it was with 24-7 Sports, but I saw a story talking to Walter Nolan's dad, and he mentioned that they were going to give AM a chance as well, that he really liked the Mike Elko hire. So it's also totally possible he winds up staying in College Station. Uh, Kip, what are your thoughts on what Georgia may do and, and the positions that interest you uh, when it comes to the portal? Well, I said, you know, throughout the this recruiting cycle, when we were looking at numbers for Georgia's class, they were going to save – I mean, at least four spots, if not, you know, five or six spots for this transfer portal. Because I know that they, you know, they knew that they needed to upgrade at certain positions. And they also just knew that, again, Georgia's probably going to have close to 10, if not double digit guys leave the program. It's just a simple numbers situation where Kirby's not going to let this roster have anything less than 85 players in scholarship, uh, you know, Again, that's just how he manages things, and that's why Georgia usually has the depth that he has. I just think that there are situations where you know, you could still upgrade uh, even with, without anyone departing. And I think like running back, for example, is a situation where we kind of saw it kind of caught up with Georgia a little bit toward the, toward the end, especially, again, in that SC championship game with lack of explosives. And I think if you have the ability to add that, you know, obviously they got three running backs coming in. Um, they're all, you know, really talented guys, a strong class. And there, there is some potential for 
those guys to bring that kind of explosive playmaking to the roster, but you don't know that until you get them in and you have college film on a lot of these guys. So, you know, if, uh, if a guy like uh, Trevor Etienne is available or, you know, another any other number of explosive running backs, I think that is a situation where uh, Georgia would definitely look uh, and, and try to uh, gauge the interest. And I think at the running back position at Georgia will always be one that, you know, uh, the guys out there place a high value on. And I think that's a, a position. And also there's the possibility they might need help at safety. I know there's, all, you know, a lot of draft decisions still to be made like Javon Bullard. Uh, that's a situation we're going to be monitoring every day where uh, it's really tough to gauge. I would, I would lean towards him probably leaving, but, you know, it's it's also a situation where, you know, he played a lot at star. The NFL doesn't really use this, that position the same that George, way Georgia does. So he might be seen as a safety. It's a, it's a tough situation to really predict uh, where his draft stock is. But if he leaves, you know, Tyke Smith leaves, uh, you're replacing a, a lot in the back end of that secondary. And I just don't think that Kirby Smart will be comfortable uh, you know, going into spring without, you know, having a li- maybe a little bit more experience at that position. And like they brought in with Tyke, you know, they tried to bring in Smoke Bowie, but it didn't work out. I just think he's he's never going to have enough DBs. I mean, even every single guy that Georgia went after in this recruiting class, you're like, how many DBs are going to go after? The answer is all of them. Uh, and, and he's going to continue to do that. So as it, uh, as it relates to, bringing guys that George is bringing in too. I found it interesting. And I was just doing a going back and looking at previous recruiting classes when some of the guys were transferring out, but like going back and looking at that 2022 recruiting class. So those are guys that are going to be in their junior year. So their third year, a lot of those guys on the top end of that class have been asked to do a lot for Georgia already through their first two years. And a lot of the guys that haven't been asked to do those things have transferred out. So it's a weird class boomer bust kind of class where it's guys that have been serious contributors through their first two years versus guys that have transferred out now at this point. So I think that with that class rounding into its junior year, Georgia's probably looking to take more transfers than they normally would because they probably want to get a few guys with multiple years of eligibility to sort of offset some of the losses from that 2022 class. And I'll say that's clearly, that's just, complete speculation on my part reading into that 2022 class and how it feels like they're going to approach the portal this cycle something that ben put on the board a few days ago and i think is spot on to keep in mind when it comes to georgia going in the portal seems like georgia really likes going after guys that they've gone up against and seen in person you look about a look at last year dominic lovett from missouri rara thomas from mississippi state you know, I don't think that's necessarily the end-all, be-all, but that is going to be something that I think it's probably going to be a pretty interesting tell and something you can kind of go by when it comes to some of these guys are going to look at. Uh, let's talk briefly, guys, about some of these NFL draft decisions. Uh, we talked at pretty pretty lengthy discussion about Carson Beck. Uh, you know, Kip mentioned Javon. That's another interesting one to me. Um, you know, that's going to really be a big focus for Georgia in these next few days. You know, and even the the weeks that come, Kirby Smart talked about that on Sunday in his Orange Bowl press conference, talking about giving the guys a little bit of time to decompress, coming off that loss to Alabama, trying to decide who's playing in the bowl game, who is not. Uh, I'll start with you, Kip. Who interests you the most as far as their NFL draft decision? There's several guys on this roster who we don't have a clear feel for what they're going to do. 
who are you watching closely and, and want to see what they decide to do when it comes to where they're playing football in 2024? Well, kind of rehashing the guys we, we've already discussed, I kind of think Carson Beck probably leans towards coming back. Um, I, I think Javon Bullard, I would give a slight lean to going pro, but I guess the guy I'm looking at is Small Munden, a guy who, I mean, played hurt the entire season. If anyone, if any fans are wondering, you know, why why didn't Small Munden just kind of you know look the same this season? Is because he wasn't the same. He, you know, he was banged up the entire year, and it it really showed on the field. And I think uh, that's a situation where he probably is looking. I mean, he's a day three pick. Um, I would say, I mean, just spitballing fourth round and, uh, it's a situation where if he comes back and he's actually healthy, uh, he's got Quay Walker potential still. I mean, he still has the ability to be that kind of player when healthy, um, still taking better angles to the football. There are ways where he can improve his draft stock by coming back. And obviously that would be a huge boost to Georgia if he does. So, uh, that's something that I probably would not have said going into the season because I just, you know, he was coming off, you know, basically being Georgia's leading tackler and having another opportunity to do the same. And even though, you know, put up solid tackle numbers, you could just tell that he wasn't the same type of player. So I think, you know, the draft advice would probably be to him. You have that ability to increase your stock by two to three rounds, you know, if if you put out better film. So he's kind of the guy I'm watching. And honestly, he's still banged up. I just wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even play in the bowl game, but still comes back to Georgia. Ben, what about you? Is there a player that you're kind of watching closely as we wait for these decisions? Smile's an interesting one just because, to Kip's point, if he had the year that I think he could have had, if fully healthy, he probably would be gone. I actually think he's probably leaning towards coming back at this point. Um, the one aside from that one, I would say, I mean, Carson's the obvious one. So I don't even have to go, I don't have to get into that again because we all want to know what Carson's going to be doing because it changes the complexion of what everything that George is going to be doing this offseason. Um, the one that probably interests me is Tate Ratledge. And the reason why I say that is because there is going to be so many, so much offensive line turnover. I mean, I think one of the strengths of this Georgia team coming into it was you've got four offensive linemen that have played a lot of football at Georgia over the last couple of years playing offensive line. And really it went beyond that if you're counting guys that were in the rotation. And so having that's not going to be the case next year. There's going to be a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience going into next season. So I think that having a guy like Tate Ratledge that can be that sort of vocal leader. I mean, we saw Cedric Van Pran take on that role a lot this season, though he didn't really have to because of the experience along that offensive line. I think next year's group probably will need some of that. I think Tate fits that role. Well, I think it would give him an opportunity to probably boost his stock a little bit more as well. And, you know, I, it's very naive to say he feels like a guy that just loves Georgia and loves the college football world. Cause I know that that's a sort of a fairy tale thing that has probably gone away some in the transfer portal and NIL era, but it really does feel like Tate's one of those types of guys as well. So his decision to come back or leave would probably mean a lot for the offensive line next season. We've hit on most of the guys to me. Javon is a really interesting one. Carson is an obvious one. One that I don't think if he goes, he's gonna he's not gonna be an early pick. You know, he'll probably be later on. Zion Logue, because you look at defensive line and what um, that room looks like and the youth that they got in there. I could see Zion deciding to kind of go the Tramel Walthour route and saying, Hey, I'm gonna come back, help Georgia for another year. 
um, give you some depth and give you a, a boost in the interior line. Again, I don't know which way he's leaning one way or the other, but Zion's one of those guys, you know, if he decides to come back, I don't expect Georgia fans to throw a parade, but I think that'd be a huge boost to get a guy with that kind of experience back on next year's defensive line. I noticed uh, nobody questioned whether Brock Bowers would be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and uh, and say that uh, that's not going to happen. Sorry, sorry to burst everybody's bubble. Uh, I want to make sure, too, before we get into the Orange Bowl, very important week for Georgia coaches when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to trying to put the finishing touches on uh, the signing class, especially before the December signing period. Ben, just get us up to speed on what's going on right now, just what this week looks like for Georgia coaches as we get closer and closer to that early signing period. Most of this week will be devoted to going and seeing commits that they feel pretty good about, the guys that they know are solidly in this class, but you have that in-home visit during this window, want to go see you know them as much as they can between now and the early signing period. So I know, you know, Glenn Schumann's going to see his linebackers this week. I know that Todd Hartley is having breakfasts and dinners with his his tight ends, Jaden Riddell and um, Colton Heinrich this week. So that's what the the real the focus of this week will be. Obviously, a lot of emphasis is on the portal, shoring up those communications. But there are a lot of people all over the country on the road this weekend. They do have an official visit window to be able to host guys. I don't expect there to be a ton. Of December official visitors, but I do expect there to be some December official visitors. I don't have any names for you this weekend specifically right now, but I do say I will, you know, not a plug, but I would say subscribe to Dogs 24-7 during our 60% transfer Palooza promo because we're gonna have a lot of recruiting stuff that's stuffed in there as well. And um, we will have names of guys that are on visits this weekend. That will probably be some transfer guys. That will also probably be some high school recruits. Um, and many of those names will be guys that are already committed, maybe guys that are, you know, Georgia's taking last minute looks on things like that. But again, much smaller list than a typical December, I would say. And that's just the nature of the calendar as we know it. That plug is why he's the best in the business, folks. Uh, Kip, any other thoughts just on this point in the calendar for Georgia and what they're trying to do as we close in on that signing period? I mean, there's. There's no rest. Uh, you know, there's no downtime for for Georgia coaches right now. I know they're, you know, the they're probably still looking at the film and and thinking about okay, what can we have done better? But at this point, it's it, it is about uh, you know, next year and trying to to build this program to where you know games like Saturday swing in their favor, and it's a reminder of how small the margin of error is and. That's why recruiting matters. That's you know. That's why the transfer portal does matter because uh, you, you got to have those difference makers at every position. I think uh, you know, Curry Smart knows that as well as anyone. So I, I do think that the next two weeks we'll we'll see more turnover. But I do also think that um, you learn a lot more from your team in defeat than you do in victory. And and uh, we learned a lot more about the this program and at Kirby Smart did as well. And he's one of the best in terms of making adjustments. And so now he can kind of go back and see where those, you know, those roster shortcomings were. And I, I think he's been given the tools to be able to improve the roster. There's a big opportunity for him to, to, to get better a lot of positions. And I do think Georgia's going to do just that, you know, especially, you know, at that wide receiver position and along the defensive line. And those are two spots that, 
you know, really kind of hurt Georgia in, in, in the end. So I, I do think that's where you're going to see Georgia's roster improve the most over the next couple of weeks. And if you're a Georgia fan, I, I think you should be excited about that. Quick thoughts before we get out of here. Talk just briefly about the Orange Bowl press conference on Sunday. Kirby Smart and Mike Norvell on Zoom. I thought it was really interesting. Kirby was asked about, hey, you know, you guys are going to be playing this Florida State team that that feels disrespected, you know, kind of like, you know, messing with a hornet's nest. And Kirby was like, hey, you know, we think we should have made the playoff too. You know, we're motivated and there's a hornet's nest around here of players that feel like that they should be playing for a playoff. So uh, I think that there is going to be a motivation with those Georgia guys to show up in that game and to ball out. Uh, Kirby talked about the fact that, you know, that there will be opt-outs, there will be guys who go in the portal. Um, and as I think Ben mentioned earlier, you know, they support those guys and want them to do what's best for them. You know, we still don't have a feel for when we're going to find out about opt-outs. Kirby was asked about that. He said, you know, that'll probably be a little bit later in the week having those conversations again. I want to give the Georgia players a little bit of time to decompress coming off that loss in the SEC title game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, just for me on the outside looking in, I'm always going to sign up for a Georgia-Florida State game. Uh, as Kirby mentioned, two uh, premier programs in the southeast, two programs with a lot of rich history. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. And as we get closer to that game, we're going to preview it and uh, go in-depth on what we expect to see, especially once we know what the rosters look like for that game. Uh, Georgia men's basketball minute. Uh, Georgia is in uh, good shape getting ready for a big rivalry game against Georgia Tech. Uh, that is Tuesday night at 7.30 in Athens, uh, Georgia, with a little bit of momentum uh, coming off of uh, a big comeback against Florida State and then a win two days later at home against Mercer. Uh, but Georgia Tech's got a lot of momentum, beat Mississippi State in the SEC-ACC Challenge. And then on Saturday, just you know, went and beat number seven Duke, which was definitely a huge accomplishment for uh, Coach Stoudemire and the Yellow Jackets as they try to get that program rolling in the right direction will be a really big test. And if Georgia was able to win this game, uh, that would be their third win against an ACC opponent this uh, n- during non-conference play, which would definitely be a huge boost. Um, so, uh, guys, any parting thoughts just on uh, this week and uh, what we're getting ready for before we wrap this podcast up? I mean, just crazy to me and i know this has probably been said ad nauseum and college football coaches probably say it more than anyone but it's crazy to me that we go through this entire lead up to college football you know we watch an entire season week to week stuff recruiting going on championships and then the championships end the college football playoff is announced and then all of a sudden the most busy chaotic time of the year just starts right then so it's the the way the calendar works out I know that I'm preaching to a choir if there's any football coaches that are listening to this, but it's uh, it's quite crazy to me that immediately after SEC championship weekend is now when coaches are having to probably work their craziest hours. Kip, any thoughts? Yeah, a lot of overlap there. Uh, everything's happening at the exact same time. Um, I'm not shocked at all that that's how the calendar works because uh, have we seen who's running college football right now? And um, and this is this is a, a group that, again, thought that with five power five conferences that we should go with four playoff teams. So uh, their their ability, the math shows me that, uh, you know, they're, they're they're not really planning ahead. 
And so, yeah, let's have uh, the transfer portal happen at the same time as signing day, as the same time as coaches leaving jobs, you know, as the same time as deadline for, you know, high school players to try to pick their college and, you know, let coaches go out on the road at the same time. Why not? And, you know, it's it's the holidays. There's nothing else going on. Let's do them all at the same time. And um, I, I think it, it is chaos. And I think there is a subset of uh, college football fans who love that. Uh, almost all of them are on the junkyard at Dogs 247. Um, I, I could say that, you know, uh, w- with uh, without, you know, endangering myself of, of being a little dishonest here. I, I think that's absolutely true. But I think right now, if you're, you know, what we're looking forward to, I do think Carson Beck's decision, I, I don't think it's going to be one that where he stretches it out. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's, you know, met, he has the information from Kirby Smart and, and Georgia, his family, his group are going to discuss that. And I think, I think we, we find out what he does, you know, fairly soon. So I think that's something that where the next time we're, we're, on here talking i think we'll just be talking about um what i'll say right now is probably the return of carson beck and what it means for georgia but his decision will i i feel solid that we'll be discussing that in the in the near future if you're not already on the junk in the junkyard with all of us home dogs 24 7 be sure to take advantage of our 60 percent off sale that's going on as part of the transfer portal opening Uh, Make sure and get in on that so you'll be up to speed on everything that's going on in the portal, everything that's going on around the team, and everything that's going on in high school recruiting. Did want to make sure and plug on Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, plan is to have on Andrew Ivins, our director of scouting over at 24-7 Sports, to preview this upcoming signing period for Georgia, what this class looks like. Bulldogs still have hold of the number one class in the country and get some of Andrew's thoughts on how this class has come together. Um, also, be sure to go to Dogs 24-7 on YouTube. Go uh, subscribe. See all the videos of Kirby Smart, football players, Mike White, men's basketball players, all kinds of good content over there. So, for Kip Adams and Benjamin Wolk, I am Jordan Hill. Until next time, take care, everybody. Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.